0: the Around the NFL Podcast. Lost the locker room and can't find it.
2: Welcome back to
3: another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. To my left, Chris Wessling. To my right, Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. All right, I'm so happy to be back here. It's safe in here after a long journey uh, to Indianapolis. Greg put me on several connecting flights to get back to Los Angeles, and uh, I just feel safe in this studio, and I feel better. You know? It was fun doing the show on the road, but it's good to be back with you guys.
4: What, I'm booking your travel now? <clears throat> Give a break. Boss. I know you're big time, and you're becoming a Priva Donna, but I'm not going to be booking your travel.
3: And by the way, I, w- I wish Mark Sessler is with family. I got a, a text. We might get him on the line a little later, but he hiking in the woods. Cryptic text. Shocker. Mark. And uh,
5: what else would he do in an off day?
3: I, I think the way, Greg, you built the schedules because Mark went west, um, as I alluded to last week, Mark embraced being the number one in charge in Indianapolis. <laughs> and this is where you could tell Greg as a, as a manager has really he's found his footing he wisely, he gave Mark three straight days off after combine. So maybe, like, the, it's like putting a goldfish into the tank, but you keep it in the plastic bag first before you let it out. Oh, yeah. Just so it'd be too much of a culture shock to drop Mark back into a number two role.
4: Ah, oh, I didn't know that's where you're going with that. <laughs> My number one
5: combine He's got family in town. Give me a break. Just above the new guy who jumped 43 inches or 44 inches and, and broke a new world record in the broad jump, Mark Sessler's power play. Uh, was my number one takeaway from the Combine. Wow.
3: Greg, do you have any concerns that Mark enjoyed being the boss too much?
4: I, I need to hear more about this, because the, the only time we've really talked about it was on the phone with you, and it was mm-hmm. it was surprising, uh, but I think I kind of liked it. Mark really stepping up. I would have liked to have seen wh- how it played out in action. I'm really more concerned that – West doesn't even know Byron Jones' name, the guy who... I know his
5: name. I was doing that for a fact.
3: We're <laughs> We're boning up on our, our prospect knowledge, and that's why we're going to have Bucky Brooks in here regularly as we get closer and closer to the end of April and the NFL draft in Chicago.
4: Well, how did you feel about the Mark uh, takeover, by the way? As someone who, okay, you got there and you thought, okay, this is going to be great, just the animals and the inmates mm. are running the asylum, mm-hmm. but then in comes Mark with his... Fist his, of Justin. Yeah, iron, his fist, his
3: iron Fist. Iron uh, Fist. You know, I, to be to be quite honest, initially it was a, a surprise. I was like, wow, you're talking to me in this tone. But then I <laughs> fell in line quickly. It just shows that I'm not meant to be a manager figure. I'm more, I want to be the guy that you know needs to be reigned in, not the one trying to rein in others. Heavy wears the crown. Heavy wears exactly. the crown, exactly. So uh, with that, we got a very nice show. I, I love today's show. have got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, we're going to talk about the Combine a little bit. You know, we last time we were we were on, we talked about the press conferences, mostly the coaches uh, and the GMs. But after that, they had, you know, three days of uh, Combine action between all the uh, prospects that were invited to Indianapolis. So we'll maybe share some takeaways. It will be QB heavy uh, because I, I feel like as a group here, that's kind of where our minds focus the most. And that's why we're going to get Bucky in next week to really dig in deeper and deeper. And we'll all be experts by the time the draft comes Uh, Also, we're going to go through, Wes, you're working, and it might be up by the time this podcast is up? Is that fair? No, it won't. Okay, it's coming.
5: It'll be up by the end of uh, Tuesday.
3: Yeah, the scientist, the mailman, Chris Wessling, is about to drop something that might change digital media. uh, (laughs) Cut candidates. So, uh, you know, prominent names or veterans that could be released ahead of the start of free agency, uh, which, of course, will... Uh, lead to a lot of debate about where those guys end up at landing. So we'll go through li- uh, Wes's list of both AFC and NFC players. Uh, but before any of that, we got to check in behind the glass. He uh, just celebrated a birthday that inched him closer to 30. Uh, and once you hit 28, no longer can you be called Young Kobe. You're now Youngish Kobe. TD, how you doing, buddy?
6: Go Sean, it's Zimmer. Well, that actually was supposed to be the news job, and that got replaced by something much better. You find Ooh. it on the show. All right. nice to um, and that also was with Greg and Chris. Who's, their birthday was last week as well.
4: Same That's right. Week. We got the same a birthday. A lot of,
3: birthday. lot of yeah. birthdays. But yours, there's a certain sense of mortality, especially physically for you, because you've always prided yourself on your youth, and Father Time wins all battles. You're getting older.
6: But they do say 28 is your physical peak. So
3: 27, actually. but yeah,
6: I'm going to try it out.
3: <laughs> They say I know in Just baseball, prime. Uh, age twenty-seven is the magical year for a baseball player. They say that you'll never be better. Maybe in, in street hoops, it's. I think going. hoops twenty-eight is where you want to be. What okay. about
4: what about producing podcasts? We're still waiting for the prime of that. When is that coming? Heat,
3: I love it. Fingers crossed in twenty-eight. Uh, so yeah, happy birthday to everyone. And my birthday's coming up in April, so I, I'm expecting something huge from my colleagues. At that time. Uh T D, let's do some this.
2: I'm right here. We're starting at. I'm still here. I forget.
6: And that's probably news to a lot of people's ears, but Marshawn Lynch has a movie Oh wow, out. good job by you. It's called Family First, the Marshawn Lynch story, and that was Marshawn Lynch in this movie, acting out a the scene. Let's play that one with Yeah.
2: Him. I'm right here. We're starting at. I'm still here. I forget.
3: I watched that. It was a four-minute clip. It has the the chance to be the worst movie ever released, and it won't be released in theaters. It's one of those movies where you immediately, once you see the lighting on it and uh, the actors involved, that you know it's something that maybe best-case scenario is on Netflix, but most likely it will be in Marshawn Lynch's living room, and that's it. But maybe we somehow can get our hands on it. I want to watch it, Greg. Uh, permission? Thing,
4: it's gotta go to Netflix. You gotta write a review. I was gonna that, right?
3: permission to write a review because that play it one more time because the music in the background. I got two more clips. Let's play. Okay, let's play this again one more time.
2: I'm right here. We're starting it. I'm totally hear, hear that? Bang, bang,
3: bang.
5: Got they, some hyphy.
3: That's going four straight minutes. That's the background
6: music. And uh, the production team back here was able to deduce that that is from Hustle & Flow. That's like the start of the song in Hustle & Flow. I don't know if uh, they have the rights to that or what not. that is. but <laughs> They don't have the rights to anything else. Here's, here's another clip with him talking to a kid. You got to tell me something. Is you a reporter? No.
2: You sure?
7: Yep.
6: All right, what's up? What you got from
4: me? <laughs> Marshawn Lynch the actor. Who would have thought?
3: <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, TD, be good great job It if Marshawn
4: there. Lynch wasn't playing the role of Marshawn Lynch in this story. He
3: isn't until college, and then all of a sudden this obvious, like, 28-year-old dude is supposed to be playing an 18-year-old Cal <laughs> running back. Uh, everybody's got to watch it. Find it. Uh, all right, let's start the news. And we'll start with Sam Bradford, uh, who, if you go back last week, uh, Les Need and Jeff Fisher kind of shot down the idea that he would be anywhere else but St. Louis. Uh, But there have been reports recently of interest from the Bills and the Browns. uh, But this, it seems unlikely. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported, as of Tuesday, no team has contacted the Rams about trading for the quarterback via sources informed of the situation. Uh, Wes, we'll start with you. Uh, Does it make sense, first of all, if a team came calling to the Rams for the Rams to play ball potentially?
5: Of course. This all is stemming from Bradford's camp. The Rams want him to accept a pay cut because he's going to have to compete for a starting job coming off second straight torn ACL. And he doesn't want to accept a pay cut, so he's his agent has been given permission to go out and talk to other teams. And it sounds like they are also drumming up reports that say these other teams are interested, but none of them have actually called the Rams. So I, I don't know how much... How, I don't
4: know. You would have to be awfully desperate to give up a second-round draft pick and pay Sam Bradford $13 million. Right, that's the problem. I think you could probably find a team like the Bills that were desperate enough to pay him that money or close to it if he was a free agent, but to do that and a pick, the Bills don't even have their first-round pick because right. of the Sammy Watkins, is outrageous. But if you're Bradford, and I think this is all where it's coming from, it's like that's why you pay your agent Tom Condon to be your agent. I mean, that's like the number one quarterback agent in the league. He, wants, he says, well, we're going to try to make all this money, so let us go shop us around and let's see what we can get. And It probably won't happen, and most likely he'll just take the pay cut, stay with the Rams. But the fact that they're even open to it does make me think, who knows? Maybe they play hardball. They get word from a team like the Bills that we'll pay you X amount if you become a free agent and the Rams end up having to face a tough choice. Do we cut him or do we just pay him the money because he's not going to accept a pay cut with us? Well, I think it's definitely a it's it's a not so
5: subtle change in in the Rams' public stance towards Sam Bradford that they'd allow him to shop himself. Yeah, the stance from three days ago, by the way. Well, the stance that they've had <laughs> the last few years since they turned down the RG three trade that he's their franchise quarterback, and now the most interesting part of Ian's report is he's got to compete for a starting job. We will not delete. We um, will not delete.
4: Well, well who are they? Who, they say that? But who's he going to be competing with? Maybe, Austin Davis, maybe Sean Hill. Maybe a second-round pick. I mean, I, I'm stunned that Sam Bradford's value has turned around enough that he has any leverage at all. But that just shows how bad the free agent quarterback market is, how desperate teams are, and how thin the rookie class of quarterbacks is.
3: It seems to me – it felt to me being there that both Fisher and Snead were sincere about wanting to keep Fisher, uh, keep Bradford there for another year. And it is interesting to me, like the two guys – that. You know, Bradford and RG3 will be tied together uh, because the Rams choosing to keep Bradford in there. Both these teams now, the Redskins and Rams, are holding on to these guys, hoping that something gets turned around and now pretty deep into their careers. Moving on, the Adrian Peterson saga continues to uh, get murkier and murkier and juicier. It's kind of like a soap opera going on. Of course, he's suspended until April 15th uh, because of his child abuse incident. Uh, There have been reports out there that Uh, Adrian Peterson was not comfortable going back to the Vikings, who he believed left him high and dry during the process that led to him ending up on the exempt list. However, Adrian Peterson's father came out and told the Pioneer Press that let's not get too crazy about there being no chance about the Vikings and Peterson uh, ending up together next year. Here's the quote. He is open to returning to the Vikings. He hasn't closed the door on saying, I won't play for the Vikings. He hasn't demanded a trade. Greg, your thoughts?
4: Uh, My thoughts are it's all about money. Wish you weren't a liar. (laughs) <laughs> it's always all about money. I like how, you know, there's these reports of, you know, disagreements and Adrian Peterson doesn't feel respected and, and I'm sure that's true and his agent and you know, everyone's not getting along. But if they pay Adrian Peterson the money that he's due and they guarantee him some of his money next year as Ian Rappaport said, then he'll be happy. It's just about money. He feels like he lost money about because of how they treated him last year and he wants to get it back. I don't think he ever plays for the Vikings again. I think he's
5: legitimately hacked off about. Basic what was he? Hacked off. Hacked, hacked off. Cheesed off. Cheesed Is this cincy talk? It's a way. It's a way to avoid. Um, pissed off. Oh. Okay. You can say pissed off. I. It, it's it's a little crude. I don't particularly care for that phrase. Okay. We just brought it up.
3: All right, go on. Sorry.
5: So anyway, help me move past. Them. Are you
3: hacked off that we or that I interrupted? you? Not at all. Okay.
5: Good. I think it was a it was a nice question to get okay. to the bottom of where I was going. Okay. Adrian Peterson, <laughs> the whole world is coming down upon him last year. He feels attacked for, for a way that he was brought up, a way he was raised that he thinks was right, even though he was clearly wrong. And the Vikings conspired against him. He's not going to let that go.
3: Conor did bring up after Thursday's podcast – that Yes, while that is that is one way to look at it, and I I guess you could see it from Peterson's perspective, the Vikings did try to bring him back in September uh, and then got killed uh, publicly, and then that led to him getting pulled back on, put back on suspension, or the exemplary. They out
5: to sponsors and to the local sentiment in Minnesota.
3: Money makes the world go round, Miss Mizell.
5: They didn't
4: have a backbone. Straight cash, homie. Well, it wouldn't have mattered, I don't think, if they had a backbone. Like, what choice did they really have the league was going to step in he wasn't going to be playing he got unlucky because of the timing and everything else that was swirling around in the NFL at the time but sponsors are dropping out i'm just amazed now like what about those sponsors now now they're cool they're like everyone remembered oh yeah this guy's the greatest running back of all time That's true. That's i guess true. i guess we're totally cool paying him 10 million 12 million dollars now Because the Vikings spent all of last week just puffing them up, which was weird. I feel like they backed themselves into a weird corner. Now now they look like clowns if they can't keep them. And at this point, they're going to have to do a lot to keep them.
3: All right, uh, moving on. uh, We'll go circle back to the Browns now because – Uh, Today was the big announcement. At least half the announcement, they're really dragging this out. We thought it was going to be, or I thought it was going to be the uniform announcement, the new uniform for the Browns. It turns out it's just the helmet and a secondary logo for the Cleveland Browns. And the big changes, gentlemen. The gray face mask is now brown. uh, And the orange helmet is now orangier. And that's about it. Uh, There's also a, a dog, the dog that they used to have. The, that was never really used as a logo anyway, is now more cartoonish. Uh, and those are the big changes. And you know what? I feel like even though he's not here, we got to cut to the wilderness of Los Angeles and get the great quiet storm. Mark Sessler on the line to talk about the new Browns logo. Mark,
7: how Tell are you?
4: Me what is there to talk about? <laughs> are you in the woods right now? Where are you? I'm parked along a street. <laughs> Okay. Hey,
3: Mark. So, Mark, it was all done. I texted with Mark about, hey, would you like to come on for a few minutes and talk about this? Mark, uh, as I I predicted in my head, was going to come back with a text like, oh, I'm sure everybody's killing the Browns. And Mark was worried that he was going into some type of ambush attack. But really, and nobody nobody cares that much. But we thought it'd be important to get your insight on, are you happy with the the subtle changes so far to the Browns logo? <laughs> I mean, I
7: mean, honestly, like I don't have a like a gigantic. Hot take, like when I got on Twitter this morning, which was a mistake. Oh, every you know, all sorts of funny men coming out of the woodwork <laughs> with their Browns jokes. Shocking! Like, I didn't
5: see this. Where? Yeah, oh, there yeah. were a lot of yeah. people. Sports writers trying out their jokes all morning.
7: It was it was all over the place. I don't. I I think they. Well, bottom line, they handled this in an ill way because the way that they made it no. sound like was get ready because a bomb is about to get dropped <laughs> on everything you thought the Browns were about. <laughs> And then it's a picture of a helmet with, you know, that only like absolute niche fans would notice the major differences here. So, I I think that um, the uniform better be a pretty striking change for this
4: not to be a completely underwhelming one-two punch from the Browns. Well, I take offense to the whole thing because what they haven't considered is the many Americans like me who are afflicted with color blindness. Oh, oh. and I can't even tell any difference. Wait, you're coming out on this? I'm, I'm all, right, putting it all it right, out there. It's I it all out. So there.
5: courageous of you that you've gone beyond this major handicap.
4: Well, I know there's going
3: to be on the cover of Time magazine. Yep. I'm colorblind.
4: <laughs> I know a lot of people struggle with this. And I thought bringing it into the public sphere, you'll never gonna make a pilot. It's going to make it more normal so that everyone can just accept it's part of people's lives. I can't even tell the difference between the two shades of orange. They look exactly the same to me. Uh, what about the colorblind well, people, Mark? I know, Greg. You've been a real advocate for that issue. Um,
7: you know, in the office at least, I've heard you mention that at least once or twice. So per, that's a big, that's a big part of this. Well, um, I listen. I mean, how about this? Until it doesn't matter what the logo is, what their color of their helmet is, until you're occasionally dropping a winning season on this fan base. I I, I think you cannot generate much excitement in late February around these changes.
3: Well, maybe this will give you some excitement, Marcus. This comes from uh, Browns President Alex Schneier. As always, we spent significant time engaging with our fans during this process and took a very methodical approach. The past two years, two years, to determine certain core characteristics symbolic of our great city.
7: Go for this it. You weren't
3: a liar. Oh wow! So there you go. Really? This is
7: <laughs> with my this is my Odell Beckham theory part two. What if I said, listen, guys, I need to take like a two-year sabbatical uh, for the NFL site, and when I come back, it's going to be massive, and it were like a 800-word post about you know, backup quarterbacks. Mm. <laughs> well, hey,
5: uh this is the same organization that spent $100,000 last year for that quarterback study only to end up with Johnny Manziel. Uh,
4: I wonder how uh, much they
5: spent on a consultant for making their helmet a little bit more orange. Oh, it's
4: fine. It's fine.
3: All right, Mark. Mark. Before this d- devolves into your – just uh, pot shots at Cleveland, you know. Mark, we we should let you go. You have anything else?
4: Well, well. Before you go, we do. We have learned Josh McCown is visiting the Browns today. So, any thoughts on Josh McCown? No, we already knew that. Next quarter. No, we we knew they might have had interest, but now he's in the building. McCown. Bring them
7: all in. Bring them all in. Don't let him out. Interview everyone that's thrown a football. Wow, Someone's going to pan
3: out. I just looked into the future, Mark. Very optimistic as a Browns fan. Josh McCown for the second straight year, number 25 on the uh, making the list list. Oh, I leap like list. it, making the leap. Brown's quarterback. <laughs> Mark's <laughs>
5: running this operation now. He made the power play. We're not doing making Yeah, any.
3: let's save that talk until Mark gets back, though. We really got to go forward. I shrunk it to six players. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy, good luck in the woods. And remember, like, when it starts to get a little dark, don't be a hero. Get back to that car. Listen, I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Hopefully. Bye. That's Mark Sessler.
5: I think they should just emblazon the physical manifestation of an of a laughing stock on the side of the Browns helmet <laughs> instead of changing the color. What would that look like? There
3: that's for the around the NFL guy that uh fan that that tweets out quotes. There there's one for a <laughs> golden one on the Browns feature. Let's move on to the New York Giants who will no longer have defensive end uh, Matthias Kiwanuka uh in their uh defense. Mhm. That was nice. The team announced <laughs> that the defensive end has been released. Uh, he spent nine years with Big Blue. Two Super Bowl wins, Greg, over who?
4: It's all, all in the right. past now. We both <laughs> both over the
3: Patriots. <laughs> Kiwanuka had been in decline, and the team uh, saves $4.825 million on the cap by cutting ties. Chris Wessling, the scientist, what will you remember about Matthias if he doesn't play another down?
5: What year is this, 2009? Why do we care if Kiwanuka's released? What? If he played for the Falcons, this wouldn't even make the news.
4: Nah, he was starting... Eleven games last year. He's won a couple Super Bowl titles. We'll give him give him his due. I I, on, I oh. totally asked
3: the wrong person because Wes, Wes hates the Giants. Greg, you take this is it. on
5: par with the, the Sean Phillips release by the Colts a couple of weeks ago that Greg was thought would make headlines? I would not have put that. that was... I would
4: not have put that in the podcast. Sure. Hey, people, Sean Phillips
3: wasn't a starter on two Super Bowl winners.
4: He was a starter for the Broncos in in a Super Bowl. But hey, I'm just serving the people out there, the readers, and they've responded to Sean yeah. Phillips getting released. <laughs> people like releases. Well, you know Kiwanuka, he was always kind of that underrated guy on the, on those two titles. Very deep voice, I remember from interviewing him at the okay. combine. Nice guy. That's B- cool. BC grad. What, what
3: more do you want? It. All right. So he hasn't
4: we- been a an asset to the Giants in like what four years. I feel like they've it's kept, right time to move on. In general, they they've kept those guys that that won Super Bowls for them. But it's it's amazing how fast rosters turn over. They have almost no one left from their 2011 Super Bowl. It's over. It's over.
3: it's over with that discussion as well, Matthias. We move on. Julius Thomas, Wes wrote, definitely in his post, might have to trade in his orange Julius nickname for one that reflects teal or red. Reportedly seeking a near record Not of guarantees for tight ends, <laughs> Thomas has rejected a five-year, forty million dollar offer. <laughs> uh, so the Jaguars and Falcons are, are two potential options,
4: aren't they, Wes? Who wrote that lead, Mark Istok? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what? what does that mean, I don't Frank? even know, totally, but, you know, he likes a little turn of phrase. Well, thing.
3: he is the pun master. We yes. call Marcus the pun master. All right, Wes, pull together and give us a little bit of uh, uh, info on Julius Thomas.
5: Well, uh, you know, the, the Jaguars and Falcons part appears to be spe- speculation. The Jaguars have been connected by several newspapers and, and combine buzz and the Falcons similarly, but I think the main takeaway here is it looks like he's not going to be back in Denver. That he wants guaranteed money that will put him right up near Jimmy Graham, and the Broncos aren't sure he's a good fit for Gary Kubiak's scheme, which he would have to do a lot more blocking for, for uh, the zone running attack.
4: Well, it's not just speculation, you know. Let's let's pull a you know peek behind the curtain here. What that is is Julius Thomas's agents being buddies or talking to those reporters, one in Jacksonville, one in Atlanta, saying, hey, I was at the Combine, and I talked uh, to Julius Thomas. I mean, I talked to these two teams, and they had some interest, and they had this level of interest or that, and then the writer puts it in there, and they kind of couch it as speculation because it's all unofficial or whatever. It's like that's how the sausage is made. Look at Greg Rosenthal. Mm, I mean, I don't know this for a fact in this case, but that's, that's years of football reporting experience. He's a real journal. <laughs> Total that's, journal. That's basically what it comes down to. And the, the problem now is these little combine stories aren't as juicy as they used to be because free agency is now too far away. It used to be right after the combine. And so teams would really be talking deals. They'd say, hey, will you promise. I'll give you $32 million over eight years, and they kind of shop it around. Now they can't. There's too long of a gap. But I'm sure they're receiving interest from the Jaguars and Falcons. Why wouldn't he receive interest? I mean, he's a two-time
5: Pro or just broke a record for uh, 12, first tight end in history with 12 touchdowns in back-to-back years. He's a good player. He, Of course he's going to get interest.
3: And speaking of free agency, there will be a familiar name added to the running back list. D'Angelo Williams uh, will be released by the Panthers or has been released He's the all-time leading rusher in Panthers history, but he was essentially uh, made redundant by Jonathan Stewart, proving definitively that he could handle that role in a more three-down basis. So, For eight weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so D'Angelo Williams will not be back with the Panthers. 31 years old, has had some nice moments in his career, but uh, Wes, it's been a while since D'Angelo Williams was a difference maker in this league, right?
5: What was it? Two thousand seven. Since he had that fifteen yards, <laughs> I think it was two thousand ten. Two thousand eight, right? he had oh. a big
4: year. Ninety was solid as well. He was actually pretty good just last year, 2013. It's a long time ago. He had over a thousand total yards from scrimmage and was pretty effective. Ten, ten, ten. I mean, but at has point, never has never been close to what his contract said he should have been. Marty Herney, who gave him. that was one of the craziest contracts ever. Twenty one million guaranteed coming out of the lockout and then the next year he doubled down and gave the same amount of money to jonathan stewart it never made sense to like mid-level guys Is marty
3: herney still a general manager in the nfl
4: no but he awkward no, but he might still be paying jake de <laughs> right he had to awkwardly defend the d'angelo williams contract on television that's tonight. always tough i mean d'angelo williams is the type of guy a lot of people if you're a fan of a team on twitter is like oh maybe we should go get d'angelo williams but it's like generally, if a guy gets the free agency or cut, you want no part of him. And I would include them. That's why Julius Thomas. Now that I'm thinking about it, not to go back there, but yeah, we shouldn't. Have, but well, let's just do it. I That's mean, right? how many, uh, how many in your in their prime, like tight ends, like that, ever become available? I mean, think how much Jared Cook got on the free agent market. Julius <laughs> Thomas is much better than Julius Jared. Thomas okay. is an awesome free agent to like in the middle of his prime. That talented, like he's gonna get huge, huge money. That's all I have to say. No, it's
5: good.
3: That's fine. It's all right to double back. He's uh,
4: going to go from uh, Peyton Manning to Blake Bortles is his
7: quarterback.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a thing to watch with him. All right. So, gentlemen, before that's what's happening in the news. Uh, before we move on, I'd I, I be remiss not to mention what we were talking about downstairs in the newsroom that, <coughs> and, Greg, you might want to turn down the headset for this. It is time. And, TD, you might want to turn up the headset. It is time for another edition of we- West, West, West. How about that? It's coming back, and we're gonna get we're gonna ask for uh, a whole new batch of contestants to take on Wes. And in case uh, you're not familiar as an audience, or if we have new listeners, it's a game of skill and valor, a trivia game. Wes is known as a scientist, uh, takes on a, a listener uh, in trivia, and if you win, you get yourself an NFL toaster. Uh, Greg had beaten Wes in a huge upset, at the Buster Douglas moment of our trivia game. And uh, then Greg was taken down by our listener Bernard from Brooklyn.
4: In true Buster Douglas fashion.
3: Who then uh, bequeathed the toaster back to Wes in a, something that left this Greg. This has
4: always been a stupid game.
3: Shaking his head.
4: <laughs> and the fact that it's just allowed to be given to someone, what a what a lack of... It was bequeathed. What a lack of integrity and really self-respect to just take something that you haven't even earned, Chris Wesseling. I've won... I don't know, ten or eleven matches Easily. of Wim West's toaster. You've won you you one. You haven't won a single one against me. That's a, that's. <laughs> well, I, well, here's that's, that's what I'm gonna have over you forever. Cause I'm I'm in <laughs> retirement. I'm never coming out. I'm one to zero against Wes, and that's it.
3: And let me let me tell you that as the Don King of this event. Uh, that I this is all just setting up a titanic rematch between you two down the road but right wow. now we got to get Wes's confidence back we got to get the <laughs> listeners back in the mix uh because you know despite what Greg says I get tons of tweets all the time saying bring back Win Wes's toaster so TD behind the glass what we need to do is uh, you you reach out to at producer TD uh you if you think you have to be good at trivia by the way there's a screening process uh, if you think you or
5: a stoner from Canada,
3: <laughs> if you if you, or if you're a stoner from Canada, you tweet at TD. Make sure you use the hashtag WWT, and uh, then say you want in. And uh, if you're lucky enough, and if you think you got it, you take Wes on. And we'll do that in a couple of weeks from now. But right now, the process is about finding a true competitor for the great Chris Wrestling. TD, any thoughts? Shout out to
6: Brandon who uh who won the last toaster. That's all, till I have Brandon Bernard. Oh, Bernard? Bernard. There we go. Bernard. Forgot his Bernard's name. a mensch. He had we, just we said it. We
3: have been talking about him as
6: well. But if you, have, I, you, if you were listening to the show,
4: here, did you send Bernard his toaster, by the way? All right. So clearly 28, not the prime for He got, um, <laughs> <laughs> he got a Jets
6: jersey. He didn't want because he didn't want the oh, toaster. Yeah, he but. tweeted uh, a picture right. of himself in the Jets jersey. Yeah. All right, good. So, yes, and that's the thing. Shouldn't
4: it be called Win Bernard's toaster? All right. Bernard doesn't have it anymore. It was bequeathed. It was
3: bequeathed, damn it. So keep your eye out for that. That will be exciting. Uh, and moving on. All right, Chris. <clears throat> speaking of which, I very rarely call you Chris, so it was a little weird. Even Mark does, but it. you don't, Mister Wessling. Cut candidates. So we talk about uh, the the players, veterans that have a chance to be released between now and the start of free agency, and you're working up uh, a really big, exhaustive list for both conferences. Uh, Greg, why don't you get us going? We have a have a top ten here. Uh, Should I read the top ten for the AFC? Is that a good way to start things? Sure. All right, here's the top ten cut candidates for the AFC. Percy Harvin, Troy Polamalu, Dwayne Bowe, Trent Richardson, and Reggie Wayne, a combo pack. Matt Schaub, Maurice Jones-Drew, and Lamar Woodley, a Raiders triple pack. Uh, (laughs) Donnell Ellerby and Cortland Finnegan, 9 and 10. Brian Hartline, 11, and Brandon Gibson at 12. So two wide receivers for the Dolphins. I'm doing a top 14 as a tournament. You can just out, skip that.
4: The last couple are Titans, so and they don't, the, don't matter.
3: I don't even know what that those last names were. So <laughs> uh, what's, let's start there, uh, Greg Rosenthal.
4: Well, this is the list of players you basically expect to be cut. You'd be surprised if Troy Polamalu is not cut. That's pretty interesting mm. to me.
5: I have rearranged uh, some of these names on the potential surprise list. Okay. And Palomalo is now on my potential surprise list after doing a little bit more research. Wow. Namely that... He fell
3: from two all the way down to the surprise list.
5: Well, namely that Art Rooney has, has said publicly that he wants Palomalo to retire as a stealer and made it pretty clear he doesn't want him
4: to play for any other team. So. Well, Harvin's the, the name that stands out to me. You mentioned him, right, Dan? Yes. Harvin. And... I would not keep, I would not cut Percy Harvin. I think the Jets are in good position to keep him. I mean, they're paying him a lot of money, but they have the cap room. If I'm their general manager, Mike McCagnan, and you come in, you got Decker, you got Harvin, you got Curley, you got Cumbie, you got Chris Ivory. You got. We're not going to have Cumbie. but you got you got some money to spend. You got tomorrow, geez, tomorrow. I'm just saying that's not a bad group, and you're not giving them some big signing bonus. You're kind of playing it out pay him for one year, see what he can do. He seems like a really nice fit for Chan Gailey's offense.
3: I would say that, yes, I agree that he potentially could fit in that offense well. Um, and the fact that the way the con- the contract is currently built, it's a year-to-year thing. But to me, if I had a chance to have um, Decker playing alongside uh, uh, Randall Cobb, who I like better as a player, I know you disagree, but I do, or uh, one of these top wide receivers, uh, White or Amari Cooper, to me, I don't know. I think that's a, a safer bet, and I'm more comfor- comfortable going that down that road. The only thing that would really upset me,
4: but you got to make this Harvard decision first. You don't know who's gonna slip to you at number six, you don't know how anything You're gonna
3: get one of those two top wide receivers or you have a ton of money you could
4: could bring somebody in. Who knows? Maybe they both go. they look pretty quick is a good flexibility. They look pretty good. I mean or who knows who maybe Jameis Winston falls to number six and then suddenly you're taking him at six and you know what I'm saying? You can make this decision. My my
3: my only fear, and this speaks to your point, is if they decide they don't want to move forward with Harvin and then they idzik it and they don't replace anybody and then you're in trouble.
5: We had a high octane newsroom imbroglio about <laughs> about Harvin versus Cobb. Bully? Oh yeah, what did you say that Cobb? You said you would that Cobb Harvin... is basically a poor man's Harvin as far as when when Harvin's healthy.
4: Harvin is much faster and stronger than Randall Cobb, a better playmaker. Well, Cordell Patterson's faster and stronger than than those two too. He's not that great at football, you know what I mean? Harvin is great at football. But you're I mean, ta- what? What's the analogy here? You're talking about some hyper idealized version of peak Harvin that he gets for three games every three years. That's not the reality that that teams have to work with. I mean, wouldn't you much rather have that's Randall not Cobb? Well, That's not what the debate was in the
5: newsroom. I agree that Randall Cobb should earn more money than Harvin because he's more reliable. But when Harvin's healthy, he is a better talent than Randall Cobb.
3: By the way, I'm surprised as I look further down the list, potential surprise cuts. You have Danny Amendola of the Patriots on the list. And I wonder if this is just so you can, in your mind on some level, maybe that would free him up to join your stable of boys forever. <laughs> no, he's Or on, get a condo somewhere.
5: He's on this list because uh, due to strong-arm mar- strong tactics from Greg Rosenthal, who enjoys seeing grown men lose their jobs. What?
7: <laughs> You're the one who wrote this, this whole going? article.
4: <laughs> uh, what? You think I want Amendola off the team or yeah. something?
3: Yeah. What about Vince Wilfork, who you have in the middle of the list here? Big Vince, maybe not the same guy he was, but still like a heart of that entire organization.
4: Yeah, that's it's a perfect guy to put you put on your surprise cuts list, so we're not counting on it. Wilfork is someone, I think if, if you look at the salary and you look at the production that he had last year and the level of play, Robert Kraft loves him and the stories where he played a big part in keeping Wilfork, and it would be cold-blooded to cut Wilfork after that Super Bowl trophy, but isn't that kind of the... Not it's as cold you can you imagine the Patriots doing that? Not as cold blooded as trading Logan Menkins before his first Super Bowl trophy. Oh man.
3: <laughs> and by the way, Greg knows he could get rid of any of these players and he'd still end up twelve and four and deep in the
4: playoffs. <laughs> Look, I'm not trying I wanna I would want to keep Vince Wilfork. He's a lovely uh, guy. Uh, <laughs> there
3: he is. He's got gold blunions. What do you call those?
5: B- Bunions? What?
3: <laughs> what do you call it? Gold Bullion? Gold Bullion. Bullion. Yeah, He's got uh, jugs of wine. <laughs> he has a uh, man feeding him grapes.
4: I'm, I'm aware of Elf. Bul- bullion cubes. That's you know, I used right. to make a little tortellini <laughs> soup with that. A little bullion cubes. Life on the gold
3: Just to pull the curtain back a little
6: bit. So initially I had like the Game of Thrones, Throne of Ease music. Mm-hmm. You know, Which is yeah. weird.
4: That doesn't. And then,
6: <laughs> and then Dan hits me up via email the other day. He's like, hey, this, let's use this one. It, it represents Greg's clumsy nature a little bit Wow! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's not what I said. Something to that effect.
6: Yeah, let's get the whimsical, quote right. Whimsical. There yeah. we go.
4: Whimsical oh. and clumsy is yeah, a little
3: different. <laughs> 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 you're trying to get me fired over here.
4: All right, whimsical I can. Is a hey, lot TD, different.
3: what's up? Greg's a clumsy ox. <laughs> <laughs> Give him this. It's like
4: a little bit different
3: than Greg's whimsical. That's fair.
5: Yeah. What, TD, that I was, <laughs> wonder where you're even going with me. Talk about, talk about clumsy. The throne in Game of Thrones, there's nothing
4: easy about it. Mm. I haven't That's even watched true. it. Well, let's let's well, talk know. about some of these other surprise ones. By the way, we I got like we
3: the, got to move too. We got. Do no, you is, have anything else? This
4: is great. We got a ton of great stuff. Okay. Here. Well, Pey- you, Greg takes glee and other men losing their jobs.
3: Pey- Greg, yeah, Peyton Manning. We're going to talk about. We know this is this potentially going to be cut. That's
4: a you know Peyton Manning. We're I'm still part of the camp that believes Peyton Manning not a lock. Wouldn't that be amazing if he got cut by the Denver Broncos? And then you got Darrell Revis, Mike Wallace. Tomba Ali's a name I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, but that wouldn't surprise me if they cut Tom What's Ali. the
3: percentage chance that Darrell Rivas is a free
4: agent, you think? Thirty. I
5: that seems low to me.
4: That seems low. I just think they'll work out a long term deal. I don't think they'll pay him twenty million dollars. So I do think I think he'll either be cut or they'll have a long term deal. I don't think they're just gonna keep him at that salary.
3: All right. Anything else, Greg, you want to hit on the potential surprises? Mike Wallace, he'll probably still be there, right?
4: They they met with him Mine. during the combine. I actually take something out of that. The fact that Mike wall that the Dolphins care enough to meet with his side to try to work something out. It seems like they're not ready to shut the door.
3: That would be crazy because if they went they went full Panthers, then they cut their basically their, their, their entire wide receiver corp if they also get rid of Hartline. Uh, moving you went, forward. You went back to corp there. Yeah, she did. Did <laughs> I? <laughs> Dark moment. <laughs> I'm never going to stop. Alright, Greg, is there anyone else you want to hit on here in, in your clumsy well, let's nature? Go, let's, go, let's, go,
4: let's whimsically go to the NFC.
3: Alright, let's do that. Alright, so here's the top of Wesling's NFC list,
4: unless he's edited uh, <laughs> to undermine our podcast.
5: This is in no particular way. Okay. This will
4: go up on Wednesday. Oh, By the way, when you listen to this, you can read the AFC one, hot oct- high octane, and then Wednesday will drop the NFC. Mm, right. Yeah, this nice is nice in no order. Take that, Sessler. The list you have in front of you is Okay, I'll no just pull out whatsoever. some
3: interesting names, and maybe uh, we'll break down what they are. Cutler, Brandon Marshall is interesting to me. Of course, Adrian Peterson, Uh, Reggie Bush, uh, I think we could take Kiwanuka off this list. Uh, Pierre
4: Garçon, that one jumps out to me. Yeah, what? You really think they would cut Pierre Garçon? Is there any thought Uh, to
5: that? If you're not going to use him, why pay him $9 million a year? And they don't (laughs) use him in Jay Gruden's offense.
4: So this is basically you living out some sort of, I don't know, anger that you have towards the Redskins. No,
5: that's a hashtag analysis. He's a bad fitness offense. He played the X and had a great year the year before in Kyle Shanahan's office, offense. Then Jay Gruden brings his offensive in and makes Deshaun
4: Jackson the centerpiece, turns Pierre Garcon into a blocker. Well, they gave him a lot of uh, big signing bonus. They'd have to take a bit of a cap hit. Sounds like that might just be one where they restructure him and keep him.
3: A uh, name that jumps out to me on Wes's list Riley Cooper. Uh, when I wrote the offseason forecast, obviously he fell off a cliff. But apparently, the, the way the contract's written, it would cost them more to get rid of him than to keep him. Is he that bad where they would just wash their hands of him?
5: I, who was worse than him last year? Like, his whole season was Reggie Wayne's last two months.
4: And and right. really, if you think about it, two years ago, or whatever, 2013, he was one of the worst wide receiver starters in the league, too. So two out of the last three years. I guess it was 2012, 2012 sorry. Uh, I mean, he's been one of the and worst then starters.
3: The one in the middle, he had, what, 10 yeah, or 12 touchdowns. but. he had, a night, had but, season. To, yeah, I mean you make a good point. I mean but also, you know, you have to keep Jeremy Macklin. They gotta find a way to keep him in the building.
5: I wouldn't bank on that. <laughs> them
3: should making they, a hard play to keep him?
5: I think the Chiefs are waiting for him Ooh. to make a run at him, reunite him with Andy Reid and bring him back home.
4: I like uh the top of your list here. Cutler and Marshall. It it's hard for me to imagine them cutting Cutler. I mean, I understand why you put him on the list. He should be on the list. It's hard for me. Uh, to imagine them cutting Cutler rather, because just you're gonna be paying him to go away, and you don't have a logical quarterback solution. I think they'll try to trade him, but Marshall is interesting that they don't seem like totally convinced that they want to keep Brandon Marshall around, despite being very productive.
3: The weird thing about this to me, and somebody there, Bears are another team I wrote the forecast on, and then some Bears fan got on me about you know everybody's saying that. Brandon Marshall is such a huge headache, and do teams want to to deal with that? And you know what? What is he really? Uh, how uh, was he a headache last season? Uh, and to, that's kind of a good point. There was the locker room yelling incident. He went. he was were inside the NFL, which was an annoying thing. But I mean, maybe there, there's there more stuff coming behind
5: the scenes. Articles come out in the last few weeks. One from Chicago uh, Tribune, I think. One from the Sun Times, and another one from Hub Arkish, who used to write for Pro Football Weekly. All basically slamming him and saying teammates and coaches wow did not did not like his attitude, and I think him traveling every Tuesday to do inside the NFL rankled quite a few people yeah, as
3: well. It's out.
4: possible that he is a locker room lawyer. Oh yes, I don't know what a locker I'm room sure lawyer is. Still, who did we ask? Did we ask Tannenbaum about that? Yeah, I don't. He gave a good
3: answer, and he actually is a lawyer, so you would think <laughs> that he would. Ha-
4: he didn't seem to know either. But uh, maybe Brandon Marshall is a locker room. Player. By the way, Greg Jennings on this list—that's a good—that's a good one. When North Turner is taking shots at you indirectly <laughs> by calling Charles Johnson the best receiver by far on the team, you know Greg Jennings is not long for Minnesota. What about
3: Jake Long, who who's not getting his left tackle job back? Who who's falling off a cliff faster? Not other uh, other than Riley Cooper than Jake Long. His body I guess just betrayed him.
4: Well, I I would argue it's been a slow decline. I mean, he's had a lot of injuries over his career, so I mean, even in Miami, he was struggling. They're, the contract that they gave him was very surprising to a lot of people when it happened, and, and I'd be stunned if he was back. I expect him to be cut. Anybody else? On the? I see Steven Jackson's here. He's gone. Steven Jackson's going to get another job? He might be done. I could see him getting one more one-year backup job type of thing. You know, think so, Wes.
5: I think he's. It's time to go. He 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 moves like Trent Richardson.
4: You have Jari Evans and Marcus Colston. You could throw Ben Grubbs on there as well, who reportedly needs to restructure his contract. The Saints kind of they're kind of a team. I wonder. Like Some of these big contracts, not that their window's closing, but they almost feel like one of those teams that keeps having to cut players because they got into cap trouble. They're in bigger cap trouble than any team right now. Right, and so that that's that you do not want to be there. They have not really won many games the last years. It's just something's bad about in New Orleans right now. I think there's a feeling like, oh, they'll bounce back, but I don't know. I don't know if they're ever going to get back to, to where they were. You might even say there's bad voodoo. Mm. Well, played. That. I I tweeted uh, more is took for me. <laughs> I
3: tweeted from the airplane yesterday uh being able to spy on a Rob Ryan fast food session.
4: But, oh yeah, that was great. Uh, I like that little you did one of those, you know, sometimes people go on like 15 tweets. It was inspired thing. by Norm Macdonald who
3: if you care about SNL went on an epic uh storytelling rant last week about how Eddie Murphy ol- almost was in a uh, played Bill Cosby in a Jeopardy! sketch for their 40th anniversary special. And he went on for That's literally awesome. 100 tweets about it. Two, two hours long. Uh, <laughs> which is That's amazing. Cool. But anyway, so I, I basically live tw- not live tweeted, but I report tweeted on Lovey Smith followed by Rob Ryan going to Chick-fil-A. And uh, Rob Ryan was instantly recognized by one of the cooks behind who was uh, taking a picture with his phone. And then I thought, who- is there any other coordinator in football that would have been recognized besides Rob?
4: That's a good question. Well, I'm trying know, to think of for, maybe former,
3: some former head coaches that are. Maybe Wade here. Phillips. But, uh, and then he ordered two chicken Eric sandwiches. Eric One spicy, maybe, and one plain, and a medium Dr. Pepper. Well, you're burying the lead here. Where did you eat before this? Oh, I went to K-Doba. <laughs> That's bad, Jeff. Which uh, I looked at Yikes. Chick-fil-A, and I, then I looked at <laughs> K-Doba and I was like, ah, let me try K-Doba." Immediately regret it. I've <laughs> never we, even heard of Doba. I've seen it, but I've never It's got a it. mid- to lower-tier Mexican eatery. It's we, like third in the list behind Freebirds. Freebirds, Chipotle, I don't know Freebirds. Oh, that's, that's bad. Well, go, uh, Gold Standard and I were tweeting back and forth <laughs> afterwards about a division of Mexican food uh, joints. And we had uh, I had Baja Fresh at 11 and 5. I had Chipotle at 10 and 6. I had Cadoba at 5 and 11. And then Taco Bell at 4 and 12. Freebirds, uh, 13 and 3.
4: Okay, I'll I'm look so into So sure it. about Baja Fresher. If we can only count LA chains, we'll put Pequeno Maso. You're four, a big Pequeno Moss. 14 and 2 with the buy. How did Taco Bell get even a single win? Yeah,
3: I had to put somebody in last place and that was all I thought of. All right. Before <laughs> we go. So that's that happened. Uh before we go, let's talk about the combine a little bit. Let's circle back and and uh and talk about uh, the what we saw on TV, uh what we what I saw in person at Lucas Oil Stadium, Greg Uh, You have some hot takes, I'm sure, so we'll start with you. Oh, really? All right. Well, Don't don't trip over your feet, old clumsy Rosenthal.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're not college experts around here. We have Bucky really to help us out and Daniel, and you were just starting to learn these players, but I did start to get excited about the wide receiver class, thinking about, you know, these are guys like last year who are going to be a big part of our lives again. I don't think it's going to be last year's receiver class really one of the best of all time as rookies. If, we didn't know that until no, we after didn't. the fact, though. So. But we, we thought that they were going to be pretty good, they, and that's why five or six went in the first round and they went so early. And just watching these guys, especially uh, Kevin White and Amari Cooper and Devontae Parker, it seems like three guys could go as high as the top ten top 12 and DJ made the point. He thinks that they are as safe as any picks in the draft, which is interesting to hear as about a wide receiver, but you can see that in today's NFL with the rules and everything and just watching how these guys skills translate. I mean, white's a beast. Yeah, he, he definitely, uh,
3: Amari Cooper, when he went into the combine, a lot of people said he was the top guy. Now I feel like white is taking that over. And I did briefly in my mind, um, talk myself into, originally, I was like, Oh, we take Mario to the jets at six and then, you know, we'll figure out, figure out something down the line, but get that quarterback. Then, for a while, I talked myself into, grab one of those receivers at, at number six, whether it's White or Cooper, then come back and get some Bryce Petty, who I was loving. And then I sat in, <laughs> Big on, arm. A, I sat in on a Mike Mayock press conference, and he explained that these spread quarterbacks – uh, are you? they're completely mysteries because you can't see how they react in the pocket and how they run an offense and whether they have any awareness. And it scared me off. They, he said that Bryce Petty and uh, the Hundley kid are at least one-year uh, projects and more than that.
5: I saw DJ had career snaps under center for some of these guys. Yeah. Marcus Mariota, five in his entire college career.
4: Well, I, w- I was listening – at the Senior Bowl, I think it was Gus Bradley on on the set with NFL Network, and he said he asked his group of thirty players, "How many of you guys huddled last year?" And it was only like six guys out of thirty. Mm. Isn't, that wow. it's, isn't that insane? Yeah. Like just huddled regularly, you know, as part of your team, because that's that's what teams do. But it's a totally it's a totally different game and. It's and, a different position. Spread quarterback is a different position than NFL quarterback. Well, and quarterbacks could emerge from the later rounds and be factors. It, it happens all the time. But I think you know one thing as we, we're getting to know this the, this class better is it's a huge drop from those top two to really anyone that I think t- people are going to be excited about. But, it's not like the Kaepernick. Dalton, and who else was in that little group there in the second round where there was where there was this group of guys in that class where people were thinking, okay, they might not go in the first round, but these guys could be factors pretty soon. It doesn't seem like that class.
3: Yeah, and, you know, but then you think about this spread thing and what Mayock said, he he likened it to putting someone from kindergarten into a college-level class. Mariota, why is he then the number five pick if he's that at that same level where you can't figure
5: out how he can play half of the game? I mean... I heard Chip Kelly weighed in on this and basically said that Mariota is the smartest player he's ever been around, and he will pick it up extremely fast. And nobody has to worry about his work ethic or putting in the time because everybody's convinced that he's that guy who will pick it up quickly and be committed to
4: it. I thought we were going to come out of the combine and people would be talking about him as a potential number one again. Just because how can you knock the guy for just doing well in everything he's done? And he shows up to the Combine. He he runs fast. He tests really well, which wasn't a surprise. So he's wildly athletic. He's known as being uh, accurate. He showed off a good arm in college when they asked him to, and he did at the Combine, too. Usually p- players don't throw at the Combine. And- very well, and everyone was really impressed with how Marietta throws. So he's accurate, he's got great measurables, he's smart, he works hard. It's like, okay, he was in a spread offense, but that's a lot to like. One thing I did
3: hear on the floor, and it's funny because TD just pinged me, so I was about to throw it to him, was I heard some people talking about how he carries himself. The way uh the way he walks and yes, body language. So T D the body language expert, your thoughts on Marcus Mariona.
6: I wasn't at Combine this year, but uh I was doing some research back here for some other stuff and the one thing that stands not out our show. about him it might might be. Twenty eight man. Is uh, <laughs> he's uh he's a very quiet guy. He's yeah. a very soft spoken kind of guy and which is good. He's respectful, that's that's good to know. But in a room full of uh, Grown men commanding a huddle. I don't know, like think about it right now. You I mean you're shrugging Never right now. Never been in like,
4: a huddle to command.
6: But that's a good point. Like, can he do it? Like that that's
4: Joe, that's Joe all I'm gonna ask. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Joe like, Flacco
6: was not that quiet. Joe Flacco was a fun guy though. Like he a been around with quiet. his teammates.
4: Eli Manning's won a couple Super Bowls.
6: He's he's always the who has worse to the body, body language. language than
4: Eli, old he's slumping. Old hey, Eli. Peyton's up there, or, or at least early in his career. No, Peyton gets sure. fiery. Old shrugging, Eli. They call
3: him Eli. The he's the that's his person. actual birth name.
4: Well, there it was really striking to watch Mariota and Winston, for instance, when they interviewed on the set with NFL Network. I mean, they couldn't be more diametrically opposed. I mean, in ter- Winston very gregarious. I think mean, some people wondering, you know, is that I don't know, a sales job or something, but it's hard not to like it. Did they give him the old Eddie Haskell tag? That's my favorite one. What's
3: his, <laughs> what?
5: The, the scout term. He's got a little Eddie Haskell in him, like he can't believe West, anything he says. But I know what you're talking no about
3: right now, but help out everyone else I born don't. I honestly, uh, wait, after wait, wait. 1970.
5: Eddie Haskell's a character and Leave It to Beaver, and he was always up to no good and blaming things on other people. You just couldn't believe anything. He was he, a stinky Dave. He was disingenuous. Yeah. And I, I think – that's what scouts always say, that he's got some Eddie Haskell in him.
4: Like that's what Cam, they used to say. Cam Newton's fake smile or whatever. Right, a little Haskell. Like, give me he a break. Kind of similar in that w- regard. What do you think about Jameis's, uh demeanor?
6: He is, uh, like you said, he's very boisterous, but there is questions how gen- genuine is this guy. Yeah. It seems kind of shady. But Oh, come on. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> the verdict is still out, but I do like his enthusiasm, and people are saying that's something the that NFL teams are going to beat out of him. verdict I,
3: better come in because uh, April 30th. I know. I disagree, though.
6: Fun. I don't think... PR teams are going to beat, beat that out of him because he seems like a guy that feeds off that. He needs that energy. He needs that enthusiasm to play well.
4: Look, I'm not trying to date these guys or whatever. I, I don't care about their personalities that much. Everything they say about Jameis Winston and watching him and stuff, it seems like exactly what you want out of out of your quarterback. The comparison was to Ben Roethlisberger, which of course is going to get me excited. I mean, he can anticipate. He's accurate. The, big arm. Football smart. Like what, what more do you want? I think the comparisons to Big Ben might Extend to off the field. Well, I would take it if you could sign up. If you could sign up for another career of Big Ben, and you're you're not dra- you're not going to let him pass in the draft board because of off the field stuff. All
3: right, that's it. That's all we have time for. And thankfully, Bucky will uh, uh, you know lead us uh, to more college football goodness. And that was good. I think that was a good that start. Was good. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, we will be back when I have Thursday? a question for you guys.
6: Yes. So really, before we wrap. So I have this drop. Okay.
4: Yeah, this is going to upset Dan. I mean, he was
6: trying to rap. No, it's well, okay. Yeah, hear, I'm right, going to hear him to start out. let the show. let Because, you know, birthdays. Yep.
3: Right? A lot of birthdays. Oh, I think I know where you're going. With
6: and that. I wanted to know, because I, I contend that everyone sort of knows where they were yep. when 50 first came out. I thought you were going to ask if Wes knew who that was. I really wanted to know where Mark uh, Mark's answers to this But do you guys remember When Fifty first dropped And that single first
3: nah. came out Do you oh. remember what you were What you are up to Because it was It was oh, a hit I was in Hoboken And it was basically
4: You know One of the biggest singles Of all time oh, man.
5: I was in Cincinnati Working at a law firm See? I do remember when it came out I mean
4: That's I was I know I was in New York Because I was there for 10 years But I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. One of the stupidest one. videos, it was like Dr. Dre basically
3: turning 50 Cent into Ivan Drago. Exactly. And it was like, like a tr- lot of like male nudity out. and, and <laughs> like upside he's... down sit-ups. Yeah. It was, excuse me, it was
4: <laughs> It was just weird. Uh, I right. mean, you want to ask me when I, where I was when Juvenile's Ha came out? <laughs> then I'll know exactly where I was seated, oh. what couch, which... <laughs> you know part do of wanna, the couch uh,
3: do you want to ask me when uh new radicals you get what you give came ha! out in 98 <laughs> i mean that was that was running through the hallways uh all right well that's good T D. that was good that's it for this podcast we'll be back on thursday and we will uh, hope mark will be back yeah the whole crew First, together for a while First whole crew will while. be back so that's exciting uh and uh, yes, hashtag WWT to at producer TD. Let's start building that up. This is Dan Hansa signing off for the mailman and the boss. And TD behind the glass. Still Thursday.
0: Com.